Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Amen. Well, we're continuing our series called The Rebuilder, Nehemiah. And this is a series about God rebuilding the city of Jerusalem through his people, led by his leader, Nehemiah. And uh, we saw last week that as they were starting to make progress, the enemies around them begin to ridicule them, call them names, say nasty stuff about them. And uh, they, they survived that, and they begin to build, and they begin to make progress. And in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, it says that we built the wall because the people had a mind to work. In fact, they built it half of its normal height. They made a lot of progress, and they began to rebuild. But something else happened. They got through ridicule, but after ridicule, something else happened, and it's called fear. Fear. As a kid, I was a little bit of a fearful person. Anybody else there? You'd get a little bit afraid, you know? I mean, I remember thinking, man, the front door is right next to my window of my room, and I'm sure when the bad man comes and tries to get in the front door and finds that it's bolted locked, he's just going to step aside and come right through my window. I was sure that that was going to happen. I was really fearful of that. And I remember I would call out to my dad. Dad, dad, anybody else call out to dad and say, dad. And you know what my dad did? He, he just left me there to suffer. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He came. Dad would come in the room, and when Dad came in the room, everything was okay. And the fear disappeared. I was able to call on my dad. Fear is a powerful thing. I mean, it has real effects. Long-term fear, it can have physical effects. You can, your immune system can be depressed because of fear. So you can start to have physical illness. Your memory doesn't work as well when you've had a long time of being under a sense of fear. Your decision-making isn't as good. And you can even get depressed because of fear. We've come through 14 months. There's been a lot of fear, amen? been a lot of things people are fearful of involving COVID in some way, right? There's been a lot of, should I do this? Should I wear this? Should I come? Should I... Am I going to get the virus? Or maybe even worse, what if I get the virus and I pass it to someone who it actually has a severe effect on? I'm fine. There's all these fears that have been running around. If we're not careful, our whole life can really be dominated by fear. But even worse, the, the, the most devastating fear that, that I've seen really in my adult life is when people are afraid to follow Jesus. There's a sense of, you know, that sounds really good, but I, I just don't think I can take that step. Because I'm afraid that if I follow Jesus, what will that mean to my life? If I receive this gift of salvation through repentance and faith, what will that mean? Will I, will I change in a way that I'm not ready for? Will it be too much for me? Will I fall backwards? I've seen people look and say, I'm, I'm afraid. Also, I've seen people who say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've received the gift of salvation, but I'm afraid to take a step of service. I'm afraid to actually take a role in the church because 
then maybe people will expect more of me. And then what happens if I fail? Oh, fear. Fear can be devastating. But God has a way to deal with fear. And we're going to see in Nehemiah chapter 4 how God's people deal with fear. And as we're doing that, I just want to ask you, what is your fear today? What is your fear? What are the things you're afraid of? We're going to look at some different types of fear. And at the close of our service, we're going to pray for God to remove that fear. Not just, not just God, just do this, but really some things you can do to walk through a process of removing fear from your life and the things that are really slowing you down. Look with me, Nehemiah chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Nehemiah chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. The Word of God says this, And when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. Enemies of God's people don't like progress of God's people. It's true then, it's true today. The enemies of God's people, these are the kind of small kingdoms around the city of Jerusalem, all still under the rule of Persia, but they didn't like that their influence was going to be threatened by this Jerusalem, this people of Israel. They didn't like that idea. They were angry, and they tried ridicule, and now they're angry, and they're going to ratchet it up a little bit. And not only are they more angry than they were before, but now there are more of them, and they surround Jerusalem. Before it was Sanballat on the north, it was Tobiah on the east, it was the Arabs on the south, and now to the west, the city of Ashdod has joined the coalition. And so the children of Israel are completely surrounded by enemies. Ever been surrounded? Ever just feel like that everywhere you go, there's someone or there's an enemy, something trying to stop you? This was the sense of how it was to be in Jerusalem in those days. And it says they were mad, they were angry, and one of the reasons they're probably very angry is they're kind of in a little bit of a hard spot here, because even though they have the military might to wipe out Jerusalem, they are still under the control of Persia. The king Artaxerxes had told Nehemiah, go build a wall. So they have to have a pretty good reason to go wipe out Jerusalem. They're actually doing what the king wanted, so it would be kind of limited here, and that's probably what really made them mad. This is happening, and we can't do anything about it. If we do something about it, it's very dangerous. We're limited in what we're able to do to God's people. Sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? We have an enemy today who's limited in what he can do to God's people. The enemy, Satan, can't really destroy you, but he can intimidate and it can cause confusion. He does plot against you. He would like to destroy you, but God limits him in what he is able to do. And that's the state of Israel right now. There are people around them who would like to destroy them, but they're limited. But it doesn't stop them from doing some things. They're going to plot. They're going to come and fight. They're going to cause confusion. And that really is what they're after. They want to cause fear 
to exist among the people of Israel to stop them from doing what they're called to do. Well, what's the response? What's the response to fear? What, is God's, what do God's people do? Do they run and hide? Look what Nehemiah does in verse 9. I love this. They plotted against them, and in verse 9, the Bible says, And we prayed to our God, and we set a guard as a protection against them day and night. It's a great picture of the partnership between heaven and earth, right? God could easily just raise up the wall by just saying, Speak the wall into existence. But what does he do? He wants to use his people. He wants to use us. He wanted to use Jerusalem. He wanted to use the children of Israel to rebuild the wall. And so Nehemiah says, we prayed and we prepared. If there's one thing that we can think of to do when we're afraid is pray and prepare. We come before God, God, I'm trusting you as the holy God, the the sovereign God. I'm praying to you so I know how to prepare, but I don't leave it there. I'm going to do what I believe I should do based on my prayer with you. We pray and we prepare. Now, some of us are better at one than we are at the other. Some people say, well, I'm just going to pray and I'm not going to do anything. Or others would say, you know what, I'm going to get really busy, and I'm going to work really hard, and I'll check in with God occasionally, but I'm not really praying and preparing. I want you to know, those are the two parts of our role as followers of God. I need to pray, but I also need to prepare. There are things that we need to do as a result of praying to the sovereign God. Nehemiah says, we prayed and we prepared. And next, he describes the situation in Judah. He describes three types of fears and challenges that they were facing. Three types of fears. Look with me, verse 10 of chapter 4 of Nehemiah. It says, In Judah it was said, The strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves we will not be able to rebuild the wall. The first fear is that I'm not going to be able to accomplish what I set out to accomplish. It's that fear of failure. I don't have what it takes. I'm afraid I will get too tired. I'm afraid I'm going to be overwhelmed. The work is too much for me to overcome. You know, it's interesting that they, they say that there's too much rubble. And rubble was the result of past defeats. There was all this gravel and broken down stones and just stuff and debris in Jerusalem. There was a lot of things to get rid of in order to rebuild the city walls. Sometimes that's how we can be as well. You say, well, I, I can't really follow Jesus because there's too much baggage. There's too much rubble in the way. There's too far of a trail. I've got to go back. Listen, don't ever let the enemy kid you with that. See, Jesus Christ is the one that makes you clean. He cleans up the baggage. He cleans up the rubble. People were afraid, we're going to get too tired. It's too much work. It's too far to go. We can't possibly get there. The first fear is the fear that I don't have what it takes. I'm not going to be able to change. This is who I am. The second fear is the outward fear, verse 11. And our enemies said... They will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. 
So we have the inward, I don't know if I can do it, and we have the outward, something's about to get me. And there are real enemies, amen? There are people who would like to stop you. There are people who would like to discredit you. There are people who might like to physically harm you. Enemies are real. There are real viruses. There are real illnesses. There are outward things that could happen in your life. There are economic factors that can come and possibly mess up your financial future and your career. The second fear is there's some things outside that I don't know how to deal with. And I can be afraid of what might happen that's out of my control. And the third fear, we have inward fear, we have outward fear. And then we have one that I wouldn't have thought of if the Word of God didn't reveal it. It says, uh, verse 12, At that time the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, You must return to us. This is the fear of public opinion. This is the fear of, man, I don't want these people that are outside the city who aren't actually helping with the project, but probably are Jews, and, and they don't want us to continue. See, there's those, those peripheral people in your community that you know that aren't walking with God, but still you really kind of care about what they think. You have those people? These are the people that in that day, they got on Facebook and trashed you. These are the people that you don't want to be embarrassed by when you go to work or you walk through the neighborhood and they find out this guy's following this book of the Bible. He's believing in what God says in his word. And you don't want to be embarrassed by that. You know, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're saying, I, I, I believe in your word. And I want to align my life with your word, not with what other people think. Really important. It's a big fear in our culture today. People are shamed into doing all sorts of things rather than following what the Word of God actually says. These are people in, around Jerusalem who probably lived near the enemies. They knew what the enemies were saying. They didn't want to get involved in helping to build the wall. And they were just concerned about that they might be collateral damage, and they wanted them to stop. They wanted appeasement rather than being what God had called them to be. So three fears, outward, inward, and the fear of public opinion. How are you doing so far? Any fear that we've touched on yet? Anything that kind of resonates with you? Is, is God bringing up a fear? Maybe a past fear. Maybe something's happened. Maybe a trauma. Well, how do God's people deal with that? We talked about already. They pray and prepare, but how do they pray and prepare? I love Nehemiah's response to this. Verse 13. So in the lowest parts of the space between the, behind the wall... In open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So Nehemiah doesn't say, hey, listen, we just got to stop this. You know, we can't build the, the wall or for a church. We can't really build the body. Let's just, let's just, let's just kind of call it off. No, he didn't say that at all. He says, no, we're going to place people ready to fight in the gaps. We're going to place people by their clans with people that they're loyal to already. We're going to put them in the spaces in the walls and they're going to be armed and ready. We're going to prepare them to serve and to fight. See, if we're going to deal with fear, the first thing we're going to have to do after we pray is God show us how to prepare. And so he places people in those gaps. And that's what we're doing here as a church. When we build the body of Christ, we need to place people where we need an arm. 
We need to place people where we need a leg. We need to place people where we need a heart. Amen? Some of you have great hearts, and you need to be blessing people with that heart. That's what the church is all about. If we're going to be the body, we've got to fill in the gaps. But also in your life, personally, those places that you have fear, there may be, there very likely are, some legitimate things that you need to do about that fear. Your fear of health, you may need to change your lifestyle. You may need to deal with some issues to try to prevent disease. You need to put some people in your life to help protect you from the things that, are, that you're afraid of. There are some legitimate fears. We need to make some changes. There are some people in your life who may be able to come along and encourage you. You may say, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my family. There's probably some counselors or some pastoring that needs to happen in your life to help you keep your family together. Say, I'm I'm worried financially. You know, there's some financial people that can help you work through some financial issues. There's people that you can put in your life to help you with the gaps, to help you not be vulnerable. So we pray, we put people in the gaps, and as we pray, we encourage and we kind of rally like he does in verse 14. Nehemiah set the people in the places. He's filled in the gaps. In verse 14, he says, And I looked, and I arose, and I said to the nobles, to the officials, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. This is a great rallying speech. This is like William Wallace or something, right? This is like like getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. This is, hey, everyone, let's get going. Let's get our minds right. He says, don't be afraid of them. First, my dad used to tell me when I was afraid at night, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 56, 3, I believe it is, when I am afraid, I will trust in him, in God, in whose word I trust. It's not just saying, hey, don't be afraid. It's, listen, I want to trust in God. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Nehemiah says, don't be afraid of the enemies. He says, instead of being afraid of them, remember our God. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Let me ask you, do you serve a great and awesome God? See, sometimes we forget about that. We forget about the greatness of God, and we kind of think, well, you know, we're, here we are 2,000 years plus from the time of Jesus. I don't know what God, listen, God is super active in our world today. He is a great and powerful and awesome God, and I, I have to touch on Psalm 46 at this point because it just really resonates with me in terms of fear. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and our strength. Do you need refuge and strength? a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though everything you stand on should fall apart, will not fear. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountain tremble at its swelling. God is our refuge and our strength. We serve a God that's greater than the earth, that's greater than any disaster that can happen. We serve a mighty God who sent his son to die for you and for me to pursue us to save us, to love us, to give us a future. We serve a mighty God. We need to remember that. 
When you're afraid, there is no fear, there isn't any foe, there's nothing inward, outward, or no public opinion that's greater than our God. He is an awesome and powerful God. And then when he closes with that, you need to fight. You need to fight. We don't just pray and do nothing. We actually show up ready to go to war. And what he means by that and what it means in our culture and our time today is we need to be ready to represent Christ well. Right? We need to be ready to go to battle to be the people of God, to defend his church, to represent his church well. And our mindset in that as we serve, as we serve as a part of the body, our mindset is this. We fight for those around us, right? It's not just about us. We're fighting for the other disciples, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're fighting for the other parts of the body. We're also fighting for the future, our sons and daughters. Those are the disciples that are coming behind us. I'm so grateful that in 1912, this church was established at the Sunday House down on Swinton Avenue. 109 years ago. So grateful that we stand on the shoulders with the, of those who faithfully served, who faithfully built God's church and gave us the opportunity to be disciples and make disciples here in Delray Beach. Nehemiah says, remember the Lord. Fight, with, fight for those who are, who are with you, for those who get it, for the disciples to come, and also for your homes. I love that picture. Fight for your homes homes not just the homes you have now but this home that you will have in eternity we're looking forward we don't just we don't just come and serve God and be a part of the body for today we're coming for the future we're coming for heaven we're looking forward to the day when we gather around his throne and we worship Jesus together and we have that home in paradise because this world is not our home let me ask you today how is your fear level How is your fear level? Would you like to be free from that fear? The first thing you need to do is pray. You need to pray very specifically about that fear. What is it? Is it something that's internal? Something that you feel like you don't have enough, you're not strong enough? Is it something that is external? Maybe it's a real enemy. Maybe it's something that is could and could in fact cause a real problem in your life maybe it's an illness you already know you have is there a fear maybe it's a financial fear have you brought it to the lord have you brought it to the lord and based on that prayer have you done what you needed to do have you put people in the gaps taken the precautions you need to take and have you taken your place Never let fear stop you from serving our Lord. Because that's exactly what the enemy wants. He's limited in what he can do. He wants to stop you from taking a position that's going to make an eternal difference. So we pray. We We put people in the gaps, and we stand in the gap ourselves. And then we confront our fear. So don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Come before God. I I trust you as this great and powerful and awesome God more than I fear what I fear. That's really the question. God, I want to remember your greatness when I'm afraid. 
Because when I'm afraid, I want to trust in you. And God, let me be motivated by the disciples, the brothers and sisters that I serve around, around me. That's why it's so important that we gather. That's why worship is so important. That's why we're so important that we're connected, that we're in life groups, that we're serving together. Because that's where our motivation is. It's not just about us. If I don't serve, if I don't fill the gap, that church, that, that place in the wall is vacant and the enemy can easily infiltrate and cause a problem. It matters that everyone has a role. Everyone has a place on the wall that everyone is fighting for each other and that we're future focused. Yes, this world is difficult. There's challenges. There's going to be challenges. But this world is not our home. Our home is in heaven with Jesus Christ where we look forward to the day when we can all gather. Some of you may be saying today, you know, Steve, I've been afraid. I know about Jesus, but I've never followed him. I've known, I know the story. I know the narrative. I know what it means, but I'm just afraid. I'm afraid of what it might cost me. Afraid of what, I'm, what I might lose. You know, you don't have that many more chances. I urge you today, would you say yes to Jesus? Jesus, I know that you shed your blood for me. You paid the price that I could never pay. Would today be the day you say yes to Jesus? It's a simple prayer. Jesus, would I repent of my sin? I need for your blood to count for my sin. I need to be saved by you, and I want you to live through me. It's that simple. He'll never force his way in, though. And you'll never know the peace of a father who comes in the room when you're afraid if you don't receive him first. Some of you say, you know what, Steve, I don't know if I can, if I can take a place of service. I'm a little bit afraid that I might mess up. I might Listen, we've all messed up. Everyone in here, except for every Rusbolt, has sinned lately. And Diane Maxie and a few others. Now, she'd be embarrassed if I said I didn't really say that. Strike that. I'm sure they've sinned in the last 30 days, maybe. Everyone in here has made mistakes. But our God is an awesome and a powerful God. And he is faithful to forgive us when we repent. And he's just to clean us up. I urge you today, don't let fear stop you from taking your place. Pray. Take your place on the wall. Put others in the places and gaps in your life where you need some help. Don't be dominated by fear. Rather, remember our God and be motivated by your brothers and sisters around you. Let's bow. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.